It feels like Christmas. It does. It's 75 degrees outside, and so it's a nice southern Christmas. We're in short sleeves and, and shorts, um, but I guess that's how it is here, and I love it, actually. Um, so uh, for kids that are here, uh, we want to make sure that you have some of these. There's some, some uh, sheets for you to draw on and, and write while we're, while we're looking at the Bible today. We want you to, as you're doing this, listen along as well. Um, the sermon isn't just for your parents. It's for you as well, but uh, there's some, some kids drawing sheets right around the corner. Um, and you're welcome to grab some of those and, and read those and look at those. Um, <clears throat> so we've been going through the, book, uh, the end of the book of John for the month of December. And um, as we've been looking at it, we've been looking at reasons why Jesus was sent. And so as we're coming into Christmas Eve, um, I wanted to look at one more reason why Jesus was sent. And so uh, I'm going to pray and then we will, we will be in... Um, some texts in John looking at why Jesus was sent. We've already seen that he was sent so that we could receive the Holy Spirit. He was sent to show us our need for him. He was sent so that we could know him. Um, and this is the message of, of Christmas that Jesus was sent. And then we'll look at one more text today. So let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this time that we have. I pray that you would be with us now as we open up your word and that you would use this time to uh, grow us in our faith and help us remember um, just with great love for you, um, why we get to celebrate this particular time period um, every year. The, the joy it is to celebrate your coming, your birth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple familiar texts from Luke and Matthew um, about the birth of Christ. Luke chapter 2, uh, 8 through 14. It says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the, the announcement of the story uh, of the birth of Jesus. And prior to that, this is the actual of how it kind of led up. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, this is a, uh, an engagement, a, kind of a first century engagement. Um, a little bit more than our engagement. You actually, to break that, the betrothal, you actually had to divorce them. Um, that's why you're going to hear this in just a second. But there, it's kind of like an engagement. She was betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was, also, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So you had to divorce even when you're engaged back then. So they weren't married yet. Um, and she's pregnant. And, but as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't fear to take Mary as your wife for... That which is conceived in her, the reason why she's pregnant, is because of the Holy Spirit. And she's going to bear a son. And you will call his name Jesus or Yeshua or Joshua, which means the Lord saves. For you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the prophet in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. So as we've been going through the book of John and looking at reasons why Jesus was sent, uh, remembering that Jesus' birth 
is not like our birth. We, we weren't alive before we were born. So we were just born. However, Jesus was alive in heaven, receiving glory from all the angels uh, before he was born. And so he was sent because he was already alive by the Father. And I want you to remember two things tonight. So Christmas is about the message that Jesus was sent. And so there's two things I want you to remember. The first one comes from the most familiar verse in the Bible. It's held up by everybody in the, in the end zone, um, or in the Super Bowl, John 3.16, but also 17. Um, 17 doesn't get a whole lot of publicity, and it should. It's 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 really good verse. So John 3.16 and 17 will actually be on the screen behind me. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And here we're going to, in 17, hear about this Christmas message of Jesus being sent. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that through the world, um, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so the first thing I want you to know about this great message of Christ, Jesus being sent, was Jesus was sent to save the world and give us eternal life. The first thing is this, Jesus was sent to save the world and give us eternal life. It's going to come up any minute. I can feel it. All they got to do is push down and this there it's going to be. But Jesus was sent to save the world. There it is. And give us eternal life. So um, there's some things I want us to, to, to recognize or, or, or understand when, we, when we're hearing this very familiar verse about John 3.16. Um, this is an absolute striking statement when it says, For God so loved the world. The entire time up until this time, in the Old Testament specifically, God so loved his people. God so loved his people. And, and the message was, we know who God is, but if we're not his people, he doesn't love us. He only loves his people. And this, this verse widens it. This, this verse expands out the, the understanding of the love of God, not just to be for his people, but for the world now. And so this, this verse is actually a, a, an eye-opening, amazing verse for, for people that are hearing this for the very first time saying, oh, God loves everyone, not just those Israelites, not just those people, but actually he loves everyone. So we hear this, this expanding out of the love of God. For God so loved the world. When God loves, um, he loves with action. So I can say to my wife, I love her. And she's like, that's great, but there's a lot to do. Show me, right? She says, show me. And so this is how God loves. God loves with action. He is sending us. So for God so loved the world that he gave. God gave us a gift. And in this verse, the way it's kind of written, all the emphasis falls on his only son. And so this isn't a vague, sentimental, kind of show nothing but just say stuff kind of love. This is a love that's being demonstrated by action. Not only so, but a love that's demonstrated action by that costs. As a matter of fact, it has great costs and the greatest cost there was what, what was absolutely most dear to him, his son. And so here we see this. For God so loved the world that he loves with unbelievable action. And he gives to us all the emphasis on his son, the greatest thing to him, the most dear thing to him, his son. Without this love we would perish, but it's, he's willing to give his only son. And then it says, whoever believes. And so this, this is meant to be what it sounds like. Everybody in this room, everybody in the world, Jesus is using this term to invite everyone indiscriminately. No one can say they're not worthy of. No one can say they're too sinful. No one can say, but you can't, you can't understand. Everyone is invited in. It's to cut off every excuse from anybody that says, I can't, and say, everyone is invited in here to receive eternal life. 
eternal life. This isn't just life now. This isn't just life then. It's all of that. It's fellowship with Christ that's being offered to you here now while you're here. But also finally one day you'll be with Christ in heaven. So everyone can receive this. Everyone can trust in him. No one can say they're not worthy. And God's in this verse telling us that God did not send his son to condemn us, but in order that through his son, everyone now has the offer of salvation. So Christmas time is about Jesus being sent. And one of the main reasons Jesus was sent, and one of the main things that all of us need to be reminded of, is that Jesus was sent to give us eternal life. So anyone here that doesn't know Christ... This offer, this invitation is to you. If you have come with your family member and you've often wondered if you're not a Christian and you wonder if this is real, the offer is for you for sure. Jesus was sent because he loves the world. And that means you. For those that are believers, consider what he's saying here. Again, re-remember, if you will, the Christmas message. Christ was sent by his Father And God the Father was willing to give what was most precious to him in order for you to receive eternal life. So the first thing I want you to know, the first thing I want you to see in John chapter 3, 16 um, and 17 is that Jesus was sent to save the world and give us eternal life. There's a second thing though, and this this is jaw-dropping, mind-blowing information. The end of John in chapter 20, we've been studying through 14 through 21, but the end of this, they're going to use more sent language, this idea that Jesus was sent. And as we're seeing this, we, we need to, I want you to know kind of what's happening. This is the end of Jesus' life. This is after the death, burial, and resurrection. This is probably in what is one of the most intimate settings of him and his disciples, right after the death, burial, and resurrection, right after Thomas had stuck his hands in his feet, um, I'm sorry, stuck his fingers in Jesus' hands and feet inside and seen and believed, oh, you are, you really are um, resurrected from the dead. You really are the Messiah. And he has this intimate time with them. And right at the end, before he ascends to go with the Father, in John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus makes a statement that's jaw-dropping. He looks at him in verse 21. He says, peace be with you. So this idea of peace is the, the tranquil state of the soul that's absolutely 100% assured of its salvation only through Christ, so much so that they're fearing nothing, absolutely nothing in life anymore. They're fearing nothing that God would bring their way, whatever lot in life is going to be given to them, that whatever is their future, they know that they have this unbelievably soul-assured salvation, this A-reine in the Greek peace that's being offered to them. Make no mistake, this is being offered to his disciples right here in this precise moment. Every one of them besides John are going to be martyred for the faith. And he's telling them, peace be with you. God the Father. And then he says what might be one of the most amazing statements. As the Father has sent me. I'm going to read it adding a couple words because this is... um, This is how the Greek actually reads. Just as the Father has sent me, even so, or in like manner, or likewise, or in the exact same way, I am sending you. Now, that's unbelievable. 
I want you to make sure you're getting everything. This verse is amazing. The thought that the Father has sent the Son is one of the most key, incredible thoughts of the entire gospel. The Father sent the Son. Think of the power. Think of the force. Think of the love that is involved with the Father sending the Son. We know that that's unbelievably powerful. When we look at that, we say, that's probably one of the most important points of the gospel. God the Father gave God the Son to come and die. Over and over we see it repeated in the gospel, and it's no surprise that we see it here. But consider what Jesus is saying. As we understand that first way, that first step, how much love and how much power and how much is wrapped up in the message of God the Father sending the Son, Jesus looks at them and he says, in the same way, likewise, in the exact same manner that the Father would send the Son, he looks at them and he says, now I am sending you with the same force, with the same love, with the same power, you now are being sent by me. This is, this is remarkable. So the second thing I want you to see The message of the gospel, the message of Christmas is therefore we are sent in the same way as Jesus to bring salvation into the world. I don't mean that we're going to go die on the cross. That's only Jesus' mission. However, in the same power, force, and love that the Father sent the Son, we are sent in the same way. Jesus is saying, I've completed my mission from the Father. It's your turn to complete your mission which is to tell everyone. Jesus is saying, I've given every ounce of my life for the mission. Now go give every ounce of your life to the mission in the same way, in the same manner. Likewise, Jesus is saying, your mission that you have proceeds from mine. I died. Therefore, since I have died to make salvation possible, you go tell everyone now salvation is awaiting them. We're sent in the exact same way I mean, all of us would agree that the Father sending the Son is, in regard to magnitude, astronomical. And Jesus is saying, in the exact same way, I'm sending you now to be like Christ, to go to people that don't love you, people that, would you, when you hang out, when you be a friend, there's people that, that are sinners and that you're going to hang out with them and be friends with them and love them and be with them. And so much so you'd be willing to give your life for them. That's how we're sent. To be around people that don't know Christ, that don't love us. New Testament commentary says, Every believer has an important duty of bearing witness joyfully and incessantly. Never ceasing. Jesus is saying, I've died to make salvation possible. And the Christmas message is, In the same way that I was fully obedient to the end, Now with every ounce of strength you have, You fulfill the mission just like I fulfilled the mission. There's an old story about this man. He was a trained kind of supervisor for this bridge. And he was in this little side house and there was a bridge here that kind of went over a waterway and he would move it so that the boats, kind of large boats could go by and then he would close it so that the trains could go by. And he had a seven-year-old son and the son asked him all the time, can I please go? Can I please go? I want to go to your work. You look so cool. I want to be a part of that. And he's no, no, no. And he begged and begged and begged. And the answer was always no. And then you got to be older. You got to be older. Until one day he was finally allowed to go. But his dad said, 
You have to stay close to me and you have to listen to everything I say. You have to listen to everything I say. You have to do everything I say. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will. And so he took him. And he, you know, pushed all the gadgets and flicked all the things and nothing was too dangerous. And hey, we got a boat coming. So they did the little thing and opened the train up so the boats could go by. And they had lunch. And as lunch um, was over, his dad felt a little more comfortable and let him go a little further. And so as he was letting him go a little further, they're sitting there and he would always get these phone calls really quick. When the phone calls came, we had to act quick. So a phone call came and he said, emergency call, the bridge is open for the boats. You need to switch it right now. There's a train coming. It's a train coming. You got to move it so that when the train comes, the people don't fall down. The train doesn't run off the trails and fall into the waterway all to their death. But this wasn't an ordinary train that was coming. It was filled with the absolute worst of criminals. The worst of the worst of the worst in the world criminals coming. And it was open. And so with this train coming, he knew he had to make the decision quick because the train, it was always kind of emergency because it was carrying the criminals and he had to do it fast. And he looked up and as he's looking up about to flip the switch, all of a sudden he saw his son right on the end, way at the end of the tracks. And he had to make a decision right then. Who's going to live in this moment? Is it going to be my son or the criminals? Do I not flick the switch and let the criminals all dive down to their death? Or do I flick it? But I know by doing that, the train will hit my son and he will die. Tears in his eyes. He looked over. Flicked the switch. Knowing it meant his son's life for the worst of criminals in the world. Now, every illustration breaks down. Every illustration gets details of the actual story wrong. But this one attempts to, for us, show just how great the cost was to the father for sending his son. Because here's the deal. That train full of criminals is every one of us. We're the worst of the worst. The incredibly terrible sinners. And the father willingly gave his only son so that we could have life. Willingly sent his son. That's what the message of Christmas. It's not just about a baby laying in straw. It's the obedience that the son had for his entire life to go all the way to the cross to give us salvation. And as we see, it's made available to everyone. Everyone here. God gave his son so that you can have life. If you would believe in him, trust in him for your salvation, confess your sin, confess your need for him, ask for forgiveness, believe and count his death as ours and count his perfect life given back to us, then you can receive eternal life and be with him forever. Anyone here that's not a believer in Jesus, Christ Jesus died for you to be saved. And so as we go into a time here, um, as we close in conclusion, it's just two things I want you to think about. For those of you that are believers in Christ, consider John 20, 21. Jesus is sending you in the exact same way that the Father was sent. He wants you to give every ounce of strength to the mission. Every ounce of strength to the mission that he gave to his mission. In the same way and like manner. 
So believer in Christ, would you, would you live the rest of your life that way? For those of you that don't know Christ, the message is simple for you. Trust in Christ. Become a believer today. Cross over from death to life. Today's the day for salvation. Wake up tomorrow morning celebrating Christmas as a believer in Jesus. I'm going to pray. And for those of you that want to believe in Christ and become a Christian today, just listen to what I say. Make sure uh, you, you confess your, your need for Christ. And if you would, after, after I pray, tell me or tell someone that you came with. We want to know. We want to know who put their faith in Christ today. I'm going to pray and then we'll go into a time of a video uh, where we look at another video about this great message of the gospel and Christ coming. But pray with me if you would. And if those of you that want to be a believer in Christ, um, pray in your head with me. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this time that we can come here on Christmas Eve with, as family and sing and be together. And for anyone here that wants to become a believer in Christ, just repeat these ideas. Say these ideas. These things don't save you, but the belief in your heart is what saves you. God, yes, I confess that I'm a sinner and I need you. God, would you come now and save me? I trust in you. I believe that Christ died for me. Thank you for coming and living the perfect life so that I can believe in you and receive forgiveness of sin. Jesus, we thank you for this time where we can gather together as a church family and celebrate your birth. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that-